Hello and welcome to Alice is Everywhere, the world's only all Alice in Wonderland podcast. I don't actually know if that's true. Let's try that again. Hello and welcome to Alice is Everywhere, the world's only easily Googleable all Alice in Wonderland podcast. If there's some obscure Alice in Wonderland podcast lurking out there in the deep, dark depths of the internet, I certainly do not know about it. And who am I? My name is Heather. I'll be your guide for all things Looking Glass and Wonderland. And guess what? I gave you some time there to, to guess. Today is a theme episode. It's all about March hair. Why? Because it's March. I mean, I know you could be listening to this at any point in time, far into the future, but this episode will be released on March 1st, so what better time to celebrate all things March Hare? Also, he's my favorite character. Have I divulged that information before? I mean, honestly, I feel like when we discuss favorite characters, the proper phrasing is, besides Alice, my favorite character is blankety-blank. Kind of like when discussing popular music, the correct phrasing is, Besides the Beatles, my favorite band is blah, blah, blah. There's just no book without Alice. And of course, we all love her to death. But besides Alice, March Hare is the man, as far as I'm concerned. We'll discuss my illogical reasons for that in a bit. But first, let's review a bit about March Hare, shall we? I'll be straight with you. Some of this review is going to be completely lifted from episode 7 of Alice is Everywhere when we first read the Mad Tea Party chapter, but since I had no memory of what I said way back then, I figured you probably didn't either, and we could all use a little March Hare review. Now, March Hare first appears in chapter 7 of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland entitled A Mad Tea Party, but he is mentioned in chapter 6, Pig and Pepper, by our friend Cheshire Cat. In that often misquoted conversation between Alice and Cheshire Puss, She asks which way she should go, after some existential chit-chat about it not mattering which way she goes if she doesn't know where she's going. Cheshire Cat says, and I quote, In that direction, the cat said, waving its right paw around, lives a hatter. And in that direction, waving the other paw, lives a march hare. Visit either you like. They're both mad. And after Cheshire Cat does his disappearing act, Alice says to herself, I've seen hatters before. The March Hare will be much the most interesting, and perhaps as this is May, it won't be raving mad, at least not so mad as it was in March. Cat appears, Cat disappears, then the book continues. She had not gone much farther before she came in sight of the house of the March Hare. She thought it must be the right house, because the chimneys were shaped like ears, and the roof was thatched with fur. It was so large a house that she did not like to go nearer till she had nibbled some more of the left-hand bit of mushroom and raised herself to about two feet high. Even then she walked up towards it rather timidly, saying to herself, "'Suppose it should be raving mad after all. I almost wish I'd gone to see the Hatter instead.'" Okay, have we talked about how cute it is that the March Hare's house is shaped like a March Hare? Come on, and let me reiterate, again and again, the tea party is at the March Hare's house. It's not at the Hatter's house. Those thousands of people on Pinterest telling you how to have a mad hatter's tea party are simply mad themselves. Okay, maybe that's an overstatement. They're mistaken regarding a minor detail. They're not mad. So chapter 7 starts with Alice seeing the outdoor table with the three tea party attendants all smushed on one end, the hatter, the dormouse, and the march hare. After they all yell at her that there's no room, even though there's tons of room, march hare is the one who speaks to Alice first. Have some wine, he says. And, of course, there isn't any wine. Later on, he tells her to have more tea when she hasn't had any yet. I feel like the Hatter gets most of the glory when it comes to the Mad Tea Party. 
He does ask the very famous riddle, why is a raven like a writing desk, and has the very famous quote regarding if you don't think, then you, you shouldn't talk. But really, the March Hare gets off as many zingers as Hatter does. And I'm not going to do a word count or anything, but it seems, in terms of sheer volume of conversation, I'm guessing the Dormouse says the most, as he's the one who winds up telling a story, while the rest mostly listen with only occasional interruptions. So when it comes to the madness of the tea party, all three of these mixed nuts are equally to credit, or perhaps to blame if you find them annoying. I feel like we should all band together and form a March Hare and Dormouse Advancement Society to get these two some more credit. After Alice stalks off in a huff and leaves the mad tea party, the next time we see March Hare is Chapter 11, Who Stole the Tarts? Hatter is called as a witness, and March Hare and Dormouse follow him into the courtroom. March Hare doesn't do terribly much in this scene, except providing some comedy with the following exchange. I'm a poor man, the Hatter went on, and most things twinkled after that. Only the March Hare said, I didn't. The March Hare interrupted in a great hurry. You did, said the Hatter. I deny it, said the March Hare. He denies it, said the King. Leave out that part. Well, at any rate, the Dormouse said, the Hatter went on, looking anxiously round to see if he would deny it too. But the Dormouse denied nothing, being fast asleep. And that's really the last we see of March Hare in Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. When the Hatter is done testifying, he leaves. The Dormouse is suppressed by the court a bit later, but March Hare isn't mentioned again. I just looked at the final illustration of the pack of cards attacking Alice, and you can see the white rabbit and some other animals hightailing it out of there, but no March Hare, so maybe he left when Hatter did. They both went back to, to tea time. Now, lucky for us, March Hare is one of two Wonderland characters that show up in Looking Glass Land. In Chapter 7 of Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There, entitled The Lion and the Unicorn, he shows up as the White King's messenger, Hayer. He doesn't have many notable lines in Looking Glass, but he is still a memorable figure as he is acting so very curiously in Anglo-Saxon attitudes, it turns out, the White King explains to us, and he magically produces hay and ham sandwiches from his bag. And we get to see him interact with the Hatter and call him Dear Child, which is adorable. Mad as a March Hare, the phrase, was, and maybe still is, a saying in England. It was mentioned in some literature as early as the 1500s. You'll recall Alice's Adventures in Wonderland was published in 1865. The origin of the phrase is that rabbits act pretty crazy during mating season, and in England the mating season happens mostly in March. As with any figure of speech, mad as a March hare is not to be taken 100% literally. The mating season of the hare doesn't start March 1st and then March 31st, and then the hare goes back to being sane on April 1st. We're not exactly sure what day our particular March hare went mad, but we can narrow it down. Hatter mentions in the Tea Party chapter that it was in March that he quarreled with time and was sentenced to endless tea time just before he went mad, you know, pointing with his teaspoon at the March hare. Then in chapter 11, the king asks Hatter when he started tea time. Hatter says, 14th of March, I think it was. Then the March Hare says, 15th. And the Dormouse says, 16th. So it was probably mid-month that our March Hare lost his mind. Now, Cheshire Cat and Hatter flat out tell us that March Hare is mad. But in the original John Tunniel illustration, we get another clue. He's got hay on his head. Apparently in Victorian times, if you painted or drew someone with hay on his head, it meant he's insane. 
I say apparently because I've read that in numerous places regarding Alice in Wonderland, but I've never once seen any painting of someone with hay on his head. I've only seen the March Hare depicted that way, and I don't know why hay means crazy. And I take some comfort in the fact that Lewis Carroll didn't know why hay on the head meant crazy either. In the nursery, Alice, you'll remember that's the rewrite of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland that Lewis Carroll wrote for children not to five. In the nursery, Alice, when describing March Hare, Elsie writes, That's the March Hare with the long ears and straws mixed up in his hair. The straws showed he was mad. I don't know why. Never twist up straws among your hair for fear people should think you're mad. So, why is March Hare my favorite character? He's a sharp dresser, of course, looking good. He speaks his mind. And the question of why someone is your favorite anything is a little tough to put into words, I think. On paper, I probably actually like what Cheshire Cat says more. Ches has more of a role in moving the story along, but March Hare's still my favorite. He just resonates with me, and I think I can break it down into five words for you. It was the best butter. In all my life, nothing has made more sense to me than the words, it was the best butter. And I know that's weird. It's so weird that when I was at dinner after my first Lewis Carroll Society meeting and we were around the table with people saying their favorite Lewis Carroll quote, I actually didn't say anything. I was all, oh, that's so hard, you know, there's there's just so many who can pick just one. They must have thought I was some kind of dilettante charlatan poseur who couldn't even muster up one Alice quote. I was worried. I was worried that even in an eccentric group of scholars who get together twice a year to celebrate an author that's been dead for over a century, I was worried that they would think I was nuts. Because March Hare's nuts. And probably to a lot of people, when Hatter says, I told you putting butter into the works wouldn't fix my pocket watch, and March Hare replies, it was the best butter, with best in italics, probably that seems kind of strange to some people. Just like Whenever I would open my mouth in a college classroom, or even to this day, when I give my opinion about something to a group of friends or family, a lot of what I say appears to not make a lot of sense to some people. And also I come across as rather blunt. I know because people tell me that, otherwise I probably wouldn't know. So I think March Hare and I just have a lot in common. Now you may be sitting there saying to yourself, wait a minute. Did Heather just say that March Hare is her favorite character because they're both insane and neither of them are capable of communicating with non-insane people? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am. Never really thought about it before, but I, I think that's that's why I like him so much. Uh-oh, what's that say about you guys, if you understand what I'm saying? Oh, and also, of course, he's one of the only two crossover characters one of two characters that appear in both Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass and what Alice found there. So that's pretty special. Plus, he lives in a house shaped like a March Hare, and he walks into the courtroom arm in arm with a dormouse. So cute. Some notable March Hares of stage and screen. In the 1933 star-studded Paramount Alice in Wonderland film, March Hare was played by character actor Charlie Ruggles, who was in about 100,000 movies and TV shows, and I was looking at the list, and somehow I've never seen any of them. In the iconic 1951 animated Disney film, March Hare was voiced by Ed Wynn, who you probably know as Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins. He was that laughing guy who floats beneath the ceiling. The 1980s were a banner decade for March Hare. In 1981, Mark Lynn Baker of Perfect Strangers fame played March Hare, among other roles, in a stage version that starred Meryl Streep as Alice. 
character actor Zelko Ivanik, who you've probably seen on Homicide, Life in the Street, Law and Order, and just about every TV show you've ever watched, played March Hare in a 1983 PBS TV version. And we finally get a big marquee name when Roddy McDowell played him in the 1985 CBS TV movie, that awful musical that I love so very much. In the 2010 and 2016 Disney Tim Burton movies, a particularly frenetic March Hare is voiced by Paul Whitehouse, who is a well-known British comedian, though we are not as familiar with his work here in the States. I thought it would be fun to play some March Hare songs for you today, mostly because I'm paranoid that you're all getting sick of hearing the sound of my voice. So I went and did a search to see if there are any songs, semi-well-known, popular music songs, about our friend March Hare. The Mad Hatter and the Queen of Hearts and White Rabbit and Alice herself seem to make their way into a bunch of lyrics, but not my man March Hare. Are there any popular songs that feature him? The short answer is no. (laughs) Smashing Pumpkins have a song called March Hare that they apparently only do live. I could not find any evidence of a studio recording, only fans on message boards wishing that a studio recording existed. I'm not going to play March Hare by the Smashing Pumpkins for you. I didn't think that Smashing Pumpkins had a fish-like or Grateful Dead-like reputation for playing interminable songs, but most March Hare live recordings are at least 10 minutes long, and I honestly can't understand a word they're saying, and it wasn't very musical to my tender little ears. So I'm going to read the lyrics to you instead. So much for getting a break from the sound of my voice. The following is March Hare by the Smashing Pumpkins. The March Hare ambles on, darting to and fro, Finds his breath for free, a silver fox breaking clocks, counting back from ten, until it ends with me, as I'm swinging from the trees. Can a mirror rescue me? The March Hare blows his horn, his nineteen wives lend ear, to a storm come clear, a whisker here, a scabbard there, the March Hare appears, to understand what's next, and he's pulling on my soul, just like an overcoat painted red. His faith somewhere, his faith somewhere, his faith somewhere for whatever will be, will be again, whatever will be, will be again, whatever will be, will be again, whatever will be, will be again. Oh, swing low, bandolier, your coins are worthless here, for there's no here to leave. So, I have no idea what any of that means, but there are obviously some allusions to Wonderland and Looking Glass Land imagery. Broken clocks, a mirror, an overcoat is painted red. Just go on over to YouTube and look up March Hare Smashing Pumpkins if you want to actually hear the cacophony that is the song. The next song I'm not going to play for you is called Mad as a March Hare by a band called Most Precious Blood. I was not previously familiar with Most Precious Blood, They are thrash metal. Mad as a March Hare is evidently brand spanking new. The band uploaded it to YouTube in January of this year, 2017. There are simply loads of F-bombs in the song. And maybe I should bleep the F-bombs out and play it for you anyway so we can all marvel at the very different ways that Lewis Carroll's characters inspire the arts. But I just can't. As I've previously mentioned, you're all subject to my whim here on Alice's Everywhere, and I think thrash metal, metalcore, whatever you want to call it, it's just unlistenable. For all I know, these guys are the Bernie Topins and Elton Johns of thrash metal, but I still consider it an assault on my eardrums. So, once again, if you would actually like to hear it, it's available on YouTube. 
The last song I could find that actually has March Hare in the title is Don't Follow Me March Hare by All About Eve. March Hare is in parentheses in that title. All About Eve was a British band. They are now defunct. They're mostly active in the 90s. The song is not really about the March Hare. And really, what was I thinking? (laughs) That I was going to find a pop music song that I was previously unfamiliar with that was actually about the March Hare? The March Hare in his life? He's got hay on his head, butter on his bread, a friend that he stuffs in a teapot. No, no song like that exists. No one would buy that. Of course, March Hare is going to be used as some type of metaphor. And in the case of this All About Eve song, March Hare appears to be a metaphor for madness itself. A snippet of the lyrics for you. Don't you follow me? Don't you follow me? Don't you follow me, March Hare? As fond of white walls as I am, I cram my head with your sanity. Just enough to stay outside the hide-and-seek game. The first time there is something to make you sleep. And guess what? I actually liked this song when I heard it. I think it's really interesting. So you're going to listen to it. Without further ado, Don't Follow Me, parenthetically March Hare, by All About Eve.
What'd you think? Kind of dramatic, huh? I'm going to be honest, I have no idea when that song was released. It was uploaded by someone with the username All About Eve to YouTube in 2014, but everything I've read says the band broke up in 2006, and I looked at the track lists for their four studio albums from the 90s, and Don't Follow Me, March Air is not on any of them, so I give up. I'm sure it's possible with more research to find out the release date, but time is money, people. The last March Hare song I'm going to mention, I'm only 80% certain, is appropriate. There is a song by the band Yes on their album entitled Fragile from 1971. It's called We Have Heaven. Now, the only lyrics in the entire song are, Tell the moon dog, tell the March Hare, we have heaven. To look around, to look around, yes, he is there. Now, the reason I'm only 80% sure I should be including this song is, it sure sounds to me like they're saying a marcher, as in one who marches, as in M-A-R-C-H-E-R. And a few lyric websites actually quote it as marcher. But the majority say March Hare. So, hey, it's good enough for me. It's quickie. It's only like two minutes long. Enjoy We Have Heaven by Yes. episode is all about March Hare, but those little footsteps down the hall remind me of White Rabbit. When Alice hears a pattering of footsteps in the distance at the end of chapter three, a caucus race and a long tail, pitter-pat, pitter-pat. Today's episode of Alice's Everywhere was sponsored by Coupon Puppet. Visit couponpuppet.com for great Las Vegas travel deals. Okay, Coupon Puppet's my website, but I can, I can sponsor my own podcast, right? With another one of my businesses? Is that a conflict of interest? I don't know. But if you're visiting Las Vegas, please, Coupon Puppet is chock full of valuable Las Vegas deals, so check it out. We've got some particularly great discounts on show tickets, including a deal on four packs of tickets to the Beatles Cirque du Soleil Love Show. That is almost too good to be true. Also, Coupon Puppet is a little sock puppet wearing an Elvis jumpsuit and sunglasses, and he's adorable. 
So you should really visit couponpuppet.com just to see how cute he is, even if you're not visiting Las Vegas anytime soon. Thanks for listening to today's All March Hair episode. Would you like me to devote an entire episode to your favorite character? Let me know. On Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, email me at heather at aliceseverywhere.com or use the contact form on aliceseverywhere.com. I'm not making any promises. If your fave is something obscure like the Lori or one of the talking flowers or something, it might be difficult to squeeze an entire episode out of that, but I'll do my best. Talk soon. <laughs>